This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. You don't like and the now, Drake. Hey, the on Drake. the show. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. This is Cam Bowen, voice of Tim Drake on Young Justice, and you're listening to Everyone Loves the Drake. Hi, this is James Tynan IV, and I love the Drake. This is George Perez, and everybody likes the Drake, especially the cakes. Hi, this is Mark Wolfman, and everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers. Welcome to episode 105. This show is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Uh, we are part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network and also Batman on Films Podcast Network, BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. So through TBU and Batman on Film, you can find us. You can also get a hold of us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Everyone Loves the Drake, and we're on uh, if you want to send an email, as I'm getting my words all tongue-tied in the new year, you can email us at robineltdpodcast at yahoo.com. Like I said, I'm Rob, and we have Terrence with us on this show. And a little peek behind the curtain, it's still 2019, but as far as our listeners are go are going to uh, hear this, it's going to be 2020, which sounds so weird to say that we're in a new decade. And uh, so I would assume you're... New Year's went well, but I guess more importantly, how was your Christmas? It was excellent. What'd you get for Christmas? Anything Batman related? Yes. Um, I'm looking at one of them right here. Uh, they came out. With, I'm a big action figure collector, if uh, you don't know. And uh, so I had bought uh, from the animated movie Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They started doing action figures of those in two packs. So you got like a turtle with a Batman family. So I don't really collect a lot of the turtles. I'll probably sell them off. And I had bought Robin and I think it was Leonardo or maybe Raphael that he uh, came with. And then my wife got me Batman and then one of the other turtles and Batman's really cool. Um, a big thing for this podcast, my wife heard me talk about Contagion, so I have the whole graphic novel of Contagion, so I'm going to be reading that and taking very good notes to figure out how we're going to do it for the podcast. And a, a cool thing she got me was a, a statue. You can see him at GameStop. 
but it is Batman hushed. He's kind of crouched down. I'll send you a picture, Terrence. But he's uh, kind of crouched down on a gargoyle. He's got a bat rope, uh, very much a Jim Lee uh, sculpted Batman. Um, again, because it's from Hush. But you can look at this statue and go, "Oh wow!" It's it. You can definitely tell it's it. The artist that made it was paying very close attention to uh, Jim Lee's anatomy and how he drew the face and all that stuff. So it's a beautiful statue. That was one of the highlights uh, that I got. And for my wife, I got socks with my face on it for her for Christmas. Oh, gosh. <laughs> on the bottom so she can stamp on your face when she's That's what she said. She, yeah. she goes, I'm going to walk all over you this holiday season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what about you? What did you uh, get for uh, anything Batman related for Christmas? Uh, well, first, I got a cool card from you and your wife that mm. was made by your wife. I was like yes. very impressed. I'm sorry I didn't send out Christmas cards this year or last year, but <laughs> that was quite impressive. Um, I did, my wife, you know, we collect uh, Hallmark ornaments, and there was a they have this series called Peak Buster, where last mm. year was a Batman one. This year is R2 D2 and C3PO, and they have a little motion sensor. And when you walk by it, it says, like, no peeking at the presents. And um, Batman's – it wasn't Kevin Conroy, but it was somebody doing a Ke- Kevin Conroy impersonation kind of, you know, like, I am not – what is it? I am vengeance. I am the night. I am, you know, watching your presence or something like that. In it, you know? <laughs> so – but there was one from uh, – I think it was three years ago. It was a stormtrooper, like, holding a candy cane instead of mm-hmm. a gun and with a Santa hat. And I never got that one. And um, it sold out. And so then she she went on eBay and got that for me, well, that's which cool. was surprising. Um, and then we went to my brother's house um, for Christmas, uh, and uh, you know, exchanged gifts. He gave me this little Oregon Trail uh, handheld video game thing that we used to play mm. that like crazy as kids in school. But he didn't even really give it to me as a present. He's just like, oh yeah, by the way, I was going through some old records and I found this. Uh, oh, for first he just gave it to me, and then he told me that later. Because and it's the uh, it's called Exciting Christmas Stories with Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman from 1977. Hmm. And oh, we wow. talked about it once on the podcast, one of the oh, Christmas yeah. things, because the Batman story. You may remember these classic villains, Batman. Uh, this is the description here for kids. Here it says Batman receives an ominous. Uh, did I say that right? Ominous, uh, yeah. ominous, ominous, yeah. ominous, <laughs> singing <laughs> telegram on Christmas Eve, but dismisses it. Uh, it is the work of a crank. Uh, dismisses it as the work of a crank. Sorry, I don't have my glasses on. He and Robin go off to a Christmas party at the South Side Mission downtown, but soon learn the telegram was no prank when attempts on his life are made by Rudolph the Red-Nosed Hitman. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> and then Maxie the Minstrel and Sammy the Southside Santa. So who could forget Rudolph the Red-Nosed Hitman and Sammy the Southside Santa um, from this kid's <laughs> record? So I was asking him, like, did you find this at a garage sale or is this my actual record from when I was a kid? And it's my actual record. Um, the It is scratched to... Heck, um, although the, there's audio samples of it on YouTube if I want to listen to it. But just to like, ha- I didn't even know we still had this. And um, that's cool. So to just kind of have it and be like, wow, this is the one that I had as a kid. And these are the pictures I looked at on the back. Because there's a picture of um, Superman giving these two kids like a piggyback ride, like flying mm-hmm. through the air on the back. And I was always like, 
how do you sign up for that? How did those kids get <laughs> not realizing it's just a drawing? Like they, yeah. you know, I'm like, why did they get to ride on Superman? How do I do that? I and like it, Superman. <laughs> yeah, and it's 1977, so I, I was like, man, I was a dumb kid to think that. And my mom was like, well, if you do the math, you were only three years old at the time. Like I was like, I know, but man, that was pretty dumb of me to think that. But uh, I guess I, I'll give myself a pass because I was three. You're three, but, yeah. Yeah, that was really cool, and that wasn't even like really a gift or anything. He just kind of had it. But I think we talked about this on another podcast there's a wonder woman story a batman story and a superman story for kids you know for little kids the um what is it the is it the superman the superman story involves the fact that the christmas tree lighting at the white house the button to light the tree has been um rigged to actually launch nuclear missiles that can start <laughs> world war three so nothing <laughs> like scaring kids in the in the height of the cold war of a, right. oh yeah not only are the russians bomb us any moment here the soviet union out to get us but lighting a christmas tree could start world war three um, right <laughs> there's batman with a hitman and then wonder woman has to go to the the North Pole, uh, where Von Richter, captain of the sub, enters the village and kidnaps Santa Claus. <laughs> so <laughs> that one might not be as bad, but World War Three and a hitman—that's that's, that's kind of rough for a kid's Christmas album. Um, but yeah. I don't know if you're foreshadowing to next year's Christmas show, but that might be. <laughs> I know we should definitely because yeah. you could probably rip the audio off of. Uh, YouTube, YouTube so very you could, easy. Kind of yeah. like how you did the radio drama, so you could play it, and then, and then we, we could sh- like talk about it. It's got to be hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, a year from now, folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, mark it down. All right, we're going to take a quick little break right here and uh, play some promos. And I had something lined up ready to play, but uh, late December, we lost a member of our podcasting community and a, a really great friend in the podcasting world. Now, I didn't have any interaction with him. I'm talking about Zoom Yuganori, and I only recently started to delve into listening to his podcast. And he sadly passed away on December 29th. And uh, he's just a really great talent. And I would like to be able to say, oh, I thought about having him on the show. I only had just a little bit of interaction with him through our podcasting Facebook group. A lot of us podcasters are all on this uh, Facebook page together and liking and giving thumbs ups to each other's shows. And I've only had just a few little interactions, uh, banners back and forth with him. But in November of uh, 2019, I really started to get into uh, you know one of his shows and uh, was just really kind of taken aback by his passing again. Um, I did not know him personally. I didn't have a whole lot of connection with him, but just listening to his show, he just has this really cool, unique way of of, of speaking on the mic that you, he just kind of draws you in. So I'm going to play a couple promos from him. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out his show, do yourself a favor, stop this one right now and go check out some of his shows. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. And you'll be, you'll be hooked on the first listen. And I, I really am kicking myself for not getting involved into his uh, shows early on once I was getting into this podcasting community. So thoughts, love, prayers, and uh, respect to uh, uh, the fantastic Professor Zoom Yuganori. Thanks. It began with the origin of his comic book fandom. This is the very first comic book I have ever read, and also ignited the spark of my comic book collecting over the course of a 1974 weekend. 
Professor Zoom Yukinori led an ongoing expedition through his favorite single-issue comic book stories from the Bronze Age of DC Comics. Balance of Power. Have Horse. Will Fly. Solomon Grundy. Wins on a Monday. Superman's Unbeatable Rival. Green Lantern. Master Criminal of the 25th Century. With unique celebrity guest perspectives in an ambitious attempt to set this program apart from other comic book review podcasts. Call me Terror Man. Solomon Grundy am co-host this time. I am Lanos, the lexical archive of minutia, expositions, and origins. Goodbye, me am Bizarro. I am Libra. This is Aya from the Green Lantern. It is I, the Reverse Flash. Which had ended with the destruction of the universe. Or has it? Warrant and duration are we? I regret to say that you are my prisoner. Without our interspatial time conveyor, we are all essentially trapped here. Can't summon the willpower necessary for my power ring to pull me free. For nearly two decades, I had carried her ghost within my heart. Experience the wonder. Great wings of Mercury! Of an all-new season. Solomon Grundy, fat little pointy-eared man before. Let us get back to the story, shall we? Down, down, and approach. Of the Done in One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show. Only on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Allow me, Entity Terra Man. That does it. Ain't messing with no timey lines ever again. Preface our uh, our featured topic by this was not the idea because I think you and I are going to have we've been in the same boat with this for a while so much so that <laughs> I heard a friend of mine says when you get so angry at trying to catch fish in a boat when you're willing to chuck in you're bringing rocks in to just eventually just sink sink your own boat and just throwing rocks into the water I don't want to seem like we're just throwing rocks in the water to try and hit fish but we're going to be talking about the conclusion of Tom King's Batman run so we've kind of talked a little bit in a few episodes here or there of our thoughts and uh, a while back I did a 30 issue catch up 
uh, read, and that's not me catching up on eating ketchup. Uh, but, sorry, <laughs> bad, bad joke. But um, so, like, welcome I've been, to Rob's condiment corner. <laughs> condiment <laughs> corner today. Our episode is ketchup. Heinz, yeah. yay or nay? My um, favorite uh, Batman villain, Condiment King. Condiment King. Go. There you yeah. go. All right, episode over. So, if you go on to Twitter to uh, Drummer Rob Ten, I did a, I took it off, but it was a pinned post for a while of me reading about thirty issues, and I forget you can do your math, and that was I ended at uh, City of Bane uh, seventy, was it uh, seventy five, and then you know go thirty backwards. That's where I had stopped reading for a while, and I was still buying books. Thinking, oh, eventually I'll I'll catch up. So I wanted to get current at the time, City of Bane issues started coming around where I could have three or four to read at a time because I started finding out that the King Run, for me at least, read better when I had multiple issues to read in a row. Rather, Even though they were coming out bi-weekly, I found out if I had four issues at a time, I could the, the thought process, at least for me understanding King, maybe I'm slow, um, made sense a little bit. So... We're kind of going to talk about King at all. And the funny thing is, I'm trying to pull this up here real quick. I may cut out this awkward silence. Oh, I've got it right here. So August 2016 was issue number one. So we're at 2019, technically 2020 now, uh, that has taken the King run to start and end here. I think the initial idea was for King to go to 100. And because of probably things we're talking about, caused King's run to end at issue 85. So... Going back to August of twenty, what I say, twenty sixteen, when Rebirth first started to hit, and there was this great feeling of like, oh my gosh, they started bringing back a lot of the pre-Flashpoint uh, stuff that we liked, and also since Jeff Johns was in Helm, there was a little, you know, on the nose a little bit with calling. It rebirth since we had a flash rebirth and a Green Lantern rebirth. Jeff Johns was really good about not chucking everything away that you knew brought in, like from like the New Fifty Two. Some things in the New Fifty Two still stood while bringing back core elements that were discarded since Jeff Johns was at the helm originally of all this to begin with. So, what did you think the first time we got into? Uh, this Batman run, and then maybe you can talk a little bit of why you wanted to uh, do this uh, episode anyway, since this is kind of your uh, uh, brainchild. Yeah, so uh, first off, this is not going to be just a total like dump on right. Tom King fest here. <laughs> I think that's what I was trying to say at the beginning. This isn't going to be us crapping on it for yeah, a, a whole entire hour. Yeah. To, to not answer your question for a moment, but kind of answer it. It's one thing it's kind of remarkable that Tom King was able to do this for so long to publish mm-hmm. two Batman titles a month for, you know, almost, what is it? Three years, almost, almost you know, three eight. years. Yeah. And the only other book that lasted that long with the same writer going is um, flash with, is it Williamson is his name who writes the, flash? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And he did a, he did um, the crossover with uh, King here with the button and stuff. And Flash has been a very solid, very good book all that time. Other than that, every creative team, you know, didn't last in this, you know, bi-monthly or um, twice, a, twice a month format or right. the book has gone to once a month or there's been creative uh, changes like on Nightwing and um, 
Wonder Woman and stuff like that. So I got to hand it detective, to Tom, yeah, detective, yes. Yeah. So I got to hand it to Tom King for doing something that no one's ever done before. I think in comics books history. I mean, I know in the the sixties and stuff, Stan Lee was pumping out, you know, 10, <laughs> 10 books a month or whatever for Marvel. But that in, in this day and age, no one's even come close to doing this. And for the entire run of the book, the art has been amazing. Like every, yeah. every art, I don't know how much Tom King tailored his story to the artists or the artists to the story. But a lot of times it seemed like the tone and the mood and the feel that King was going for, was echoed in the art, even if the art styles were really different. Like the Mr. Freeze, 12 Angry Men um, story mm-hmm. arc. Was that called Cold Case? I don't have them all in front of me. So, something I like believe that. so. Yeah. yeah. I hear Arnold Schwarzenegger's like Cold Case. Uh, <laughs> nice to see you, Tom King. All right. Um, the, um, uh, that that art from Lee Weeks was very different than like say Tony Daniels art, but it really fit the mood and the theme of the story. So um, the art's been amazing. King, what he did is is to be commended, even if you don't like the, the stories. Just <laughs> that, that that work ethic. What's I hate the most about this series is such like a nerdy OCD kind of thing is just how long was this story arc? Because I keep hearing all these people say like, well, this 85-issue story arc. Well, just because the last issue was 85 doesn't mean it's 85 issues. Right. Because there were like annuals that he wrote. Mm-hmm. There were four annuals. There was a secret files thing he wrote. There, yep. be, there was Rebirth uh, issue number one and right. then Batman number one. Now, Rebirth number one was written by Tom King and Scott Snyder. So is that technically part of the run? But then there were two issues... Uh, in between that were written by the Flash writer, Scott Williamson, with that right. Gotham girl and all that. So do we take those two issues out? So it's just like, <laughs> my brain is like, no, it don't, stop calling it the 85-issue run. But it's, it's, He probably yeah. got 100 issues in. Yeah. Almost. He was probably in the high 90s, if I, you count the annuals. And when you said the annuals, I forgot about you know those. Yeah. The, they even reference um, the button in issues like... 74 3 I've got them written here somewhere on some notes. So those button storyline issues fit into this as well. Yeah. The um couple of the issues like I think issue 50 85 were uh bigger than normal issues. They were they were large and um I'm trying to think. I think the secret files. I don't know if he wrote the whole thing. I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember. But yeah, some of the issues. You know, maybe it was a ploy to to just get more money out of us. But here, seventy five was four ninety nine. I think that had a few more pages in it. So oh, uh, yeah. the the wedding issues, the uh, like Nightwing versus Hush and mm-hmm. Rachel Ghoul. That oh, yeah, those are considered part of the the timeline story because it's gearing up towards the. Um, uh, the, the wedding, wedding. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're not not written by King, but they uh, they still fit run. in there. Yeah, that those were all Tim Seeley, but still. So it just drives me a little crazy with the whole numbering. I know that's so stupid, but it just like every time I see somebody on something because I've been looking at a few things to get ready for this. It's like Tom King's eighty-five issue run. I'm like, is, is it really eighty-five issues? How many issues is it? Can, can we somebody do a page count and just tell me the <laughs> Tom King's uh, eight thousand and three hundred and forty-two page run? You know, uh, uh, Tom King did write Secret Files. Okay, yeah. So there you go. Now, I know on Twitter he had put out that he had envisioned a 105-issue story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if that included the 
annuals. I think I would have been happier if the culminating issue had been issue 100. Again, that nerdy geek who, you know, likes to number all the comics and, you know, in me feels that way. It might have, I don't know, been more dramatic. But, um, yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about this because I'm kind of all over the place with City of Bane. And our boy, Tim Drake, is actually in City of Bane. Not very much, but he is in it. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting. He's in his, he's in his like Robin costume, not the red Robin, not the, the, the Drake thing, you know, but that sort of brief window when young justice started. But you know, what's really weird is if you were a Tim Drake fan and didn't really know what was going on and just like sat down and started reading the Tom King trades in say the future, say, you know, 10, 20 years from now, and people are reading these. It's really weird because in the I Am Bane storyline, they're just like, Bruce is like, oh yeah, Tim's dead. Right. But then they don't really talk much about it. Then they, then they get you this fake out of like, oh, the Robins are dead. Oh no, they're alive. Let's put them in stasis. But they never really deal with like, yeah, like I don't want the Robins to die because I just lost a Robin. And then City of Bane, all of a sudden Tim Drake's back with no explanation or no anything not even like a little like box of like see detective comics uh you know only place of living to find out why he's alive so now for the readers we knew that tim drake was alive right from the start because in lonely place of living they show him with uh mr oz Oz, but it's just kind of it's kind of a weird thing for tim drake fans um did you have a highlight from the run was there a story arc or an issue or a beat that you liked better than others Uh um, I really like the Mr. Freeze story arc. I'm scrolling through here. Man, I, I liked the beginning, uh, like issues one through the, the I Am Gotham uh, stuff, I think, r- really hit me off the beginning, especially when Batman is flying. It almost felt like the Batman, the animated series. I think if you go back into the show, I think you might have even said that at one point on the show when that plane is going to be crashing into Gotham City and Batman hops on the the top of it, which seems totally implausible, but, you know, still, it's Batman. He can do anything. And I thought, holy crap, you know, I was kind of on the fence with Tom King because I was reading his stuff in Grayson, but I thought, well, it's probably more my distaste that they took the Nightwing persona away from Dick, and now he's this Agent Grayson, so... I kind of want to go back and reread that at some at some point because I'm hey, probably isn't it funny how in Forever Evil the whole world knew that Nightwing was mm-hmm. Dick Grayson and now no one knows that Nightwing is Dick Grayson, including Dick Grayson. He doesn't even know he was <laughs> <Yeah>. Nightwing, <laughs> right? Yeah, I- I'm waiting for. I'm going to call it right now. There's probably going to be a spiral thing that's going to get his memory back. Oh, we have you know this technology that we had in Spiral that's going to give you your memory back and ta da. So. Yeah, but I remember reading that first issue of Batman going, wow, this is actually really good when you see Gotham and Gotham Girl uh, show up for the first time. And I remember thinking, are these like descendants of Krypton? You know, they're, you find out they're brother and sister, like what's going on with these two? And they've, you know, adopted themselves as protectors of Gotham. And I was like, how is Batman going to deal with, you know, basically two, like a Superman and a Supergirl basically running around doing all the things that Superman can, are we really going to need Batman? So those first few issues I really kind of liked. Then we got into the... Yeah, but can I, can I stop you there and tell you something, though? This is something that annoys me about Tom King's run. I said we weren't going to dump on it. Time. Get out the toilet <laughs> it's, paper. It's, it's time. It's gonna, yeah. This is one thing, what, and it's total spoilers here, so 
uh, yeah. One of the, the the tropes that he does is right there in that first issue where Batman's not good enough, so he needs someone else to come in and mm-hmm. save him or help him. So there, the very first issue, he can't land that plane without dying himself. Here come Gotham and Gotham Girl to save him. Then Gotham uh, goes crazy, and he's got to call in the Justice League to take down Gotham. He can't do it himself. Then he's got that Monster Men issue. I almost kind of like... That just that whole Monster Men thing was just a weird crossover thing. It it, yeah. it, it interrupted Detective Comics is uh, dealing with the death of Tim Drake and all that. So I I almost throw that that one out. But then, you know, he's he wants to take down Bane to get Psycho Pirate, but he can't do that himself. So he's got to get Wonder Woman and Bronze Tiger and and the Ventriloquist. And then you know he's it just keeps happening again and again where he's just not good enough. You know, he can't take down the Joker or the Riddler, so he's got to team up with the Riddler in War of Jokes and Riddles. You know, like it it just then he can't take down Bane without Catwoman, then he can't take down his father without Catwoman. Like it just it just gets annoying after a while. I think the only one he beat down was the KG Beast by himself, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Anyway, sorry to interrupt your thing here. I just wanted to go on that rant about like (laughs) I just wanted to see Batman win once, you know, and I think that's. Okay, we're, we're spoilers here from all out. If you have not read the eighty-five issues, the eighty-five Tom King, you know, run. it's not eighty-five. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> and I just ticked off Terrence. <laughs> you say eighty-five one more time. Um, so if you've not read it to this point, stop. Uh, pause right here. Come back and catch up with us because we're going to be saying, you know, uh, spoilers if you haven't read it. So thank God he didn't stop at uh, issue 69 or just be us giggling the whole episode. (laughs) It's 69 issue run. (laughs) (laughs) These are for those two guys in South Carolina and uh, (laughs) Blanchard. (laughs) But um, I think kind of going back to what you said, I think that was something like you could read the detective rebirth and read this and they felt like two completely different Batman. You had the James Tynan Batman that very much knows exactly what's going on, is in complete control and has contingency plans for everything and is trying to leave the family out in certain aspects so he can go do the Batman thing where I was like, yep, that feels exactly like Batman. This Batman was like, I don't know if I'm good enough. And just hearing you recap all of that stuff, I was like, did Batman ever do anything on his own without the aid of assistance or somebody else. So I think that's where I started having some issues with it. I, once we got through that first year and we were into the you know 80th anniversary of Batman, I'm like, this is Batman's 80th anniversary. Shouldn't Batman, you know, become the bat God at some point and be like, Oh my gosh, he just took care of Bane. Now he's going to come for Thomas. So there were a few things going on and some issues that I started to like that once we got into the whole bat cat, I miss you. Was it here? Was it there? Was it in a boat? Was it in an ocean? Was it in a tree? Like those couple little conversations I thought were okay, but they just kept going on and going on. And then we got into, I think where I stopped reading for a while is when Batman, Catwoman, Superman, and Lois Lane went on a date. And I was like, what, what are we do? What are we doing here? You know, I felt like the office, like, what would you say you do here? Yeah. And we got that twice because he revisited mm -hmm. in that whole dream arc, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, 
and maybe that's maybe that's a sign that he was doing it right. We started getting into dream sequences where I, the reader, had a hard time. Like, am I supposed to be as confused as Batman is right now? Because I just read this comic twice and I still have no idea what's going on. Um, especially when Batman's out in the desert. I'm like, it, are they are they really out in the desert? Is this actually going on or is this in his head? So... I guess I want to flip it back to you. What were some issues or parts where you were just like, what, what is the deal? Like where you started, you know, (laughs) checking out, I guess, if you will. Yeah. You know, I think I, I was really into the series up to issue 50 with the bat and the cat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the, the repetitive dialogue was just annoying the heck out of me, especially with the Nightwing issue, um, which I think is after that. But um, it was it was I was I was with it. Just the way DC Comics handled that whole wedding, I had no problem with the issue and them right. not not getting married. I had no problem if they got married. I like Helena Wayne as a character, as the daughter of Batman and Catwoman, and being the huntress and in an alternate universe. So if they had gone that route, I was. I, that that would have been cool to me. The marketing, though, having like a hundred and something different covers and all these store variants and mm-hmm. having a midnight release and having all this build up to something that actually wasn't going to happen, but then spoiling it coming out saying it's not going to happen like a few days before. It wasn't like a, a TMZ kind of you know bleeding cool site spoiled it. DC itself came out with a press release to say. Uh, they're not getting married in the issue, so you know, it just kind of like what the, what the heck, you know? And mm-hmm. so from there, it kind of, uh, I don't know. It was kind of weird because the the premise is that he can't get married to Catwoman because that would make him happy, and he can't be Batman if he's happy. Which is odd because anyone who's a Batman fan has seen things like Batman 66 and seen lighter Batman um, takes and knows like, Mm -hmm. well, that's not totally true. He doesn't have to be just the dark avenging angel all the time. And then they had this annual – I think it was the first annual maybe. Was it Rooftops, right? right? Where it kind of showed him um, living this life all the way out to like dying as an old man where him and Catwoman were married and everything was fine and everything was happy. So you're, as a reader, you're like, no, that doesn't make sense. He could be fine, you know? And then, so then she, like, you know, dumps him, right? And, or, or leaves him. And then he becomes a terrible Batman. Like, shouldn't that make him a better Batman? <laughs> like, it's just kind of like, it's kind of yeah. like this weird thing. And then it just seemed like, I don't know, like, Okay, so she decides not to get married to him, and and no explanation, nothing, just leaves him on the rooftop because her friend made a comment to her, and the friend was told to say this by Bane, and that's what makes her do it. And I guess the Joker, like she had that thing with the Joker in the church where the Joker said the same thing as well. But Mm -hmm. it just see, okay, so the Joker tells you something, and then your friend tells you something, and for that, you decide to just leave your true love at the altar with no explanation. Like, it just kind of, I don't know, it just just seemed really hollow. And then the pacing of some of these things, so you have, like, this whole confrontation with Batman and Flashpoint Batman, and they're in the desert, and, like, one hand comes out of the pit, and you're like, who is it? And then they do... 
literally like eight issues. So it's like four months of just dream sequences. So Mm -hmm. like, and I was thinking about this, like I had a lot of questions as a kid, like how did Darth Vader become Darth Vader? Like how did Anakin Skywalker become (laughs) Darth Vader? You know, and George Lucas told us that in the prequels, but if we're watching Return of the Jedi and it's the big finale and it's the lightsaber battle between Luke and Darth and the Emperor sitting there in his chair laughing, ha, 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 you know, and all that, like, that's not the time to tell the origin story. Like, I don't care about it right then. Like, if George right. Lucas would have been like, oh, wait, we're going to do a break in the action and I'm going to spend 20 minutes telling you the backstory of how Vader became, you know, Darth Vader, it'd be like, no, no, I don't care now. Get to the fight. Get, I'm, I'm in this right now. This is what I yeah. care about. And that's what Tom King kept doing. Like, he, he was building you up to something and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the whole, like, um, there was one scene where it was like, um, I, I don't know the issue, but the issue ended with like Alfred was down on the ground, and uh, oh, we'll get to Alfred later. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Batman comes over to him, and Alfred's like, "He's here, he's here." And, he, and Batman's like, "Who's here?" And he's like, "Your father." And then you see Flashpoint Batman behind him, and then they did some like completely other story arc for oh, I, I, that might have been the the dream st- story arc. Maybe I wonder I, if that was the Penguin story or arc. the Penguin or something to, that was. Di- and I'm like, well, wait, no, how does Flashpoint Batman get there? Like, how's all this? Like, so there was a lot of of that where even in City of Bane, I'd have to go through and look through where like the last panel led to something, and then the next issue was completely something different. And I'm like, oh no, come on, I was. I was invested in the other thing. I don't care about his Tom Selleck impersonation on the beach here right now. You know, <laughs> I know. Um, so um, there was a, there was a lot of that in the 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 City of Bane run. Where I wonder if you read it in trade paperback format, if it'll not be as like disjointed. And I kind of wondered if um, possibly some of that was because Tom King was like building to something but at this breakneck pace of writing two issues a month it was like well i'm not quite i need more time to write this really important this really good issue so i'll leave a cliffhanger here and then i'll write like two issues that'll take be real quick to to write oh it's a dream i can just you know you know you know splash paddle batman dancing on a boat lots of musical notes around him and catwoman all right next page and like that takes you know 30 seconds to write but I don't know. Did you feel the same way about the stories being like herky jerky like that? Yeah, like especially the one that I, I'm still scratching my head. I you asked me earlier what was a story that I liked the Penguin story uh, block of stories. I really enjoyed those. Yeah, that was and good. those would have been if I can get it here. That starts with issue eighty five or eighty five. Excuse me, fifty eight. I believe because I don't think fifty seven. Yeah, because yeah, that's right after the KGB. So once they finished the KGB storyline, and I I did like that, then we get into the Penguin story. So that was from uh, fifty eight till um, till sixty is where that that storyline. I liked that one, but one that I I still and Justin was uh, trying to convince me when I did the uh, Road to One Hundred was the Booster Gold storyline. I was like, what? Yeah. That's, Why? Yeah. I, I told, by, by the time we got to the end of it, it was one of those, like, Dallas dream sequence. Like, oh, so the way you started this arc and the way you ended this arc was co- was completely unnecessary, and now we're right back into the main time frame again. So that that was one that I really, 
it, that was a chore to read because I liked Booster Gold, but as much as I liked the Booster Gold character, it didn't feel like Booster Gold just as much as like Batman didn't feel like himself. And I know it was yeah. Booster you know, Gold works best as a lovable idiot. He was just an idiot in those issues. Yeah. and I, I got done reading those and I was like, what the heck was that? You know, I don't even really care, and I just <laughs> put it in the long box and move on. Kind of, you know. Again, the artwork was amazing. But the story was crap, yeah. So, like, one thing I can say is right around issue 49, and I did the math really quick, so as a comic book fan, like, once you see all the books that you've bought over, you know, the the three-year span that the story takes, they started doing the Virgin variant covers for it. And some of the variant covers were really, really sharp. Especially those Um, Matina covers, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So, and I, I keep saying is, and I think Ryan has said this before, like he watched all five seasons of Gotham so he could get to the end of Gotham and say that he didn't care for the series rather than get through, you know, two episodes and go, oh, this is crap. So this was kind of like my mission, like the same thing. So I started getting the B covers uh, going from 49 all the way through uh, 85. That is 98 issues. So I, I doubled down on this all the way through this entire run. Um, it, every every month I was going, you know what? I had to drop the main A cover and buy just the one, you know, because the, the, the variants are just absolutely beautiful. And it's one of those things, like, after this is all said and done, these go into the filing cabinet or the, the long box, wherever they're going to go. I don't know if I'm going to have that itch to pull out the King run and go, I, I really want to read, you know, the, the booster gold issues or, or the penguin stories. But what I might find myself doing is pulling out some of the cover art for some of these issues. Cause they were really, were really good, but uh, I don't know where I was going. Oh, going on the line with it is to say, I, I liked it enough that I was still willing to double down on, on quite a few of these issues. But You'd mentioned Alfred at one point. Rob, you were like yeah. a lot of people who are, who, I hate this. I don't like it. Give me two of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, one this of each is, cover. Yeah. This is crap. I'll take A and B. <laughs> uh, something you I said think what earlier. we were saying is that the, the issues lacked fluidity. Fluidity, were, yes. Very I believe good. My, the term I used was herky-jerky, which is the opposite <laughs> of fluidity. Yeah. You know, I felt like the arcs, once they were out, like you could read even the Booster Gold, if you didn't like it enough, at least once all the issues were out and you read it, you were like, oh, all right, well, that was designed for a trade. So at least reads fine in and of itself. But in the overall story arc, if this this was the Batman TV show that was on, I think a lot of people would be throwing up their hands in the air going, what are we doing on this TV show? Uh, Something you had said about one of the annuals where it was... You know, Batman and Catwoman getting together, getting married, and and, uh, Batman eventually getting cancer and dying. Um, In issue 75, Catwoman is having a, excuse me, 78, Catwoman is having a discussion with Batman on the beach with uh, Matches Malone or Tom Selleck. And uh, (laughs) she talks about this recurring dream that she has that she says, I even dreamt about you and us you and I growing old together and having a family. That is that uh, annual yeah. annual issue. So people are like, oh, Tom King wrote the, you know, the perfect, you know, Batman story to end all Batman stories. And to find out that that annual was a dream. <laughs> 
that it, yeah. it was a dream that Catwoman had had the whole time. So, I know this is totally random, but again, the art is amazing. Gotham yeah. Girl's Robin costume, which was like the the blend of the Robin and the Gotham mm-hmm. Girl, I, I love that. That is amazing. That is amazing. Like, oh yeah. yeah, and that the yeah. cover with her and. Uh, um, no, seventy seven with yeah. her and, and Flashpoint Batman. That Tony Daniels art is amazing in that, and also in. Let's talk about something good. Let's talk about Tim Drake in this year. The scene it's on issue seventy six. Mm-hmm. It's Tim Drake talking to Damian Wayne, and it's only two pa- two pages. But I love their interaction. Tom King wrote that so good. When I saw that, and they're both wearing like similar costumes and everything, I'm like, I, th- that's the series I want. I want the Damien Tim series where they're both kind of like respect each other, but don't like each other, but are kind of competing to see who's the better Robin, but have totally different ways of doing things. And I, I don't know. I just thought those two... Two things are great, and I love the way Damien always calls him Timothy. Like it's just kind of like that, you know, <laughs> like how we would call Alfred Penny Pennyworth, Pennyworth yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like it, it's just, um, and it's in the rain, and there's like lightning in the background, and uh, like Damien's like you're nothing but a fragile coward, and Tim is like, and you're nothing but a spoiled brat, and then Damien like kicks the bricks because he knows he's right. Like I, I don't know, I just thought it was great. What'd you think of that? Oh, I loved that, and just. To, to piggyback on that, then having the moment where Damien wants to do something and is like, what do we do, Timothy? You know, what do we do, Tim? Uh, I think the characterization was great. And even Captain Adam, after he got his butt handed to him by Gotham Girl, is telling Tim, like, go, get out of the city. You know, if, like, I can go toe-to-toe with Superman and Gotham Girl did this to me. You know, they're living in like this utopia where there's not a lot of crime in Gotham City anymore because basically all the criminals are now cops and, you know, no heroes are in there. And you see that look and determination on Tim's face of getting all the information that he possibly can to then have that conversation with Damien. And it really felt like Tim Drake. And I thought, you know, he's got a really good grasp of Tim Drake, you know, aside from letting Tim get punched in the face so they can have this, you know, Morris code, you know, private message going back and forth. Like, all right, Tim, when I strike you in the jaw, that's to let you know that I'm going to allow myself to get broken, bloodied and beaten. So you guys can retreat and be a distraction. I'm like, why did you not send a text? You know. Did you think that that was the plan, or was that, do you think, a retcon when he got so much um, blowback about how could Batman strike Tim like that? You know, I don't know. Um, I, I, My gut wants to say I think it was all part of the plan, but the fact that he had to go into so much explanation, and it was about a page and a half, Man, but not quite a page and a half, probably a whole page where, where there, it looks like they're going into Arkham Asylum. He and Catwoman, he's saying that you know, we have trained and this was a silent, you know, way to if anybody was watching them, that they could communicate back and forth. And then so I, I think it was probably all part of the plan, but I was probably thinking that he didn't think he was going to get such of a blowback, but he didn't talk about it right away that was he probably let like 15 16 issues go by kind of let the the fire die down so uh, at this point knowing king had a plan for the whole series i would probably think that that was part there all along i just think it was it was completely unnecessary 
Yeah, and because I've heard, and I guess we could talk about it now, the death of Alfred in what issue was that? Yeah, that so it's the same as, uh, 77, yeah. 77, the same issue with uh, Gotham Girl. Okay, yeah, that um, he never intended to kill Alfred, that it was intended to be like a, uh, either a psycho pirate hallucination or Clayface or something like that, and DC editorial stepped in. And said, no, we're going to make it the real Alfred and make him, you know, dead for at least 20 minutes, maybe. As long <laughs> until we can sell the Alfred R.I.P. graphic novel and, and you know. <laughs> um, but the, the death of Alfred is has got to be one of the low points in this series because mm-hmm. it was just done so, so – it was just so stupid. Um, if it had – I, I got to believe it was supposed to be a fake out and I got to believe it's going to be retconned at some point as a fake out, but there was no tension. There was no build up to it. There was no, you know, like no drama. There was no like cliffhanger where you see Bane, the issue before. Um, I mean, literally it's like, where is it? Issue 77 here. Um, Damien, he's tied up on, it doesn't have the pages, but um, Damien's tied up. Then he kind of looks up. Then he yells no, and you hear no, not in front of the boy, not in front of the boy. And then you turn to the next page, and it's a full panel of Bane breaking Alfred's neck. Like, you never knew Alfred was even there or in jeopardy or anything. It was just like, what the hell? You know, like, it it, it was just really badly done. And then because this was kind of rushed, you didn't get, like, a really good, like, Bruce mourning the death of Alfred. You get this weird thing where he's, like, in the dining room, and he's, like... um like tied up and then he wakes up and sees it. But King in that issue does something which I absolutely hate. He does it a few times where he's got these visuals and the art's amazing, but there's no real dialogue. Like it's a different story. Like it's a poem or it's a mm-hmm. football game or it's like here, it's like you think it's Alfred, but then it turns out to be Thomas talking about a poem that Bruce liked. And just for me, that just doesn't work. I just don't like that storytelling and the way that goes. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, just kind of annoying. Um, and then even in the last issue, like he devotes more panels to Bruce and uh, kite man having a, a beer watching the game. than mm-hmm. he does like Bruce at the, uh, the grave and all Bruce can say is like, yeah, I had to make my own cucumber sandwiches. Oh, terrible. <laughs> like I, I was like, what didn't we already do that? In uh, you know, like it, it was more meaningful rereading nightfall and the aftermath of that and prodigal and Alfred leaving. And them dealing with Alfred, not that he was dead, just that he was like he had just left. Then Alfred's actual death. But what do you think of the death of Alfred? It, I, I don't know what website it was. If it was CBR or Newsarama, one of them had an interview with Tom King that he had said. I think I even tweeted about it once that Batman really hasn't had to suffer a loss like this of a, a personal loss. Yes, he's lost. A Robin or two, even though they've come back, but nothing that's really gotten to Batman's core and who he is as a person. I'm like, did you not read Detective Comics 38 or, mm-hmm. you know, or, or Batman number one, the retelling of the Wayne's murder? Like the whole, like it, Batman needed to have a purpose to go on fighting. I'm like, he did. It's the, it's the death of his parents yeah. that, that set him on this course. And, so I think that sounds like King trying to do a little backpedaling for DC of like, well, hey, this was just supposed to be a fake out, but then DC wants to do it. So now we need to present this in a way where it makes sense to the character. That 
that was the emotional like Tim could or Tim uh Bruce could shove off, you know, Dick, Damien, or Jason, like, you know, I work alone, or throw them in the Titans, or each of them could have their own little groups to be in, where Batman's the lone vigilante, but Batman always had Alfred and that moral compass that if he wanted to yell at Tim for whatever reason, Alfred was the only one that could step in and say, A, that's wrong, or you're being an ass, or whatever that is, and... Now Bruce doesn't have that tethered to him because DC doesn't want to have a Batman and Robin book. So there's nobody in the cave with him, um, which if you do pair Catwoman and Batman together, now where they just agreed, well, we don't need to go to a chapel and get married, but we'll, we'll just, we'll be together. We'll essentially marry ourselves. So I guess she's supposed to fulfill that. Then you start going, well, what about Julia Pennyworth? Why not? Like her dad just died where where is that character coming in you know is is that going to be looked at in you know alfred rip or something like that so i just thought it was it was done in poor taste and it wasn't it's like you said it wasn't like okay i haven't heard from alfred in a while or there weren't even issues of batman and alfred continuing to talk you know where alfred was was chiming in to be like oh yep alfred's still communicating in the bat cave or those type of things it's done in like you said a couple a couple pages that it, it's not even addressed publicly like you find out in issue 77 we don't want any superheroes in here and i'm like wait well well why what's going on and hearing thomas tell damien like you knew the ramifications what would happen you're going to make me do this thing that i don't want to do and i'm going i don't understand what it is what what the stakes are. You knew the stakes in Nightfall. You could see it like, oh, Bane is purposely wearing down Batman all the way. So when he shows up in Wayne Manor, you're not surprised. You're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. He's going to beat Batman on his, on his home turf at his lowest point. This is like they beat Batman on his highest point to build him back up to, to do what? Like he was already built up at that point. Yeah. And you know what's weird is um, the what happened to his rebirth costume. Like, the, <laughs> his, I, I, I really like the rebirth costume. Then they had some lame thing in it somewhere. He made a thing. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm go- not going to wear that costume because that was I, I don't know something with Catwoman and the proposal and all that. Yeah. But then in like the flashbacks, like there's Annual Four, which has one panel for Tim Drake and Tim is in his Robin costume there and stuff. But all the flashbacks, he's always in his like original kind of year one costume. So mm-hmm. I like, did they just retcon the purple Cape? I, I really like the, the rebirth so, costume. Too, so did I. Know? Yeah. That, that has been one of my more, I would say it's the, my favorite costume of all time, but in the last few years, I really enjoyed that costume. There was something new to it while still having kind of a classic feel and it, it was that I, I call it the ace ventura effect like when ace ventura realizes who einhorn and finkel are <laughs> yeah. he burns he burns the clothes he's currently wearing but not the clothes he was wearing when he got kissed yeah in this it's it, it's the opposite like oh this was the last costume i was in while while you proposed to me not to mention 
I was falling in love with you and all these other varying costumes, but I'm not going to burn those. I'm actually going to go back to wear a costume that I was in when we first met. So like, yeah. why, are you, why are you getting ready your new suit? I just think that was, well, hey, we put Superman back in his trunks. Maybe we ought to do the same thing for Batman, too. And we're just going to write this in that this is the way he gets why he doesn't want to wear that costume and what more, but seems kind of lame, but you know, whatever. All right. Ready for the low point for Tim Drake fans. The what the, what the F yes. All right. So, Oh man, I just had it too. I got to find the issue. Cause I got these all out in front of me. So I think it's one. Is it issue? Yeah. Issue 81. I just found it here, which is one of the artworks that I wasn't that crazy about. Cause I'm not a huge John fan Romita of John Jr. Jr.'s art. I yeah. know some people love it. Um, it's a little too, I don't know, boxy for me. I don't know. But yeah. you've got Flashpoint Batman, and he is confronted by Batwoman, uh, Orphan, uh, let's see, uh, Thomas Duke, who, is it Thomas Duke? Is it? Yeah, the signal. Th- Thomas Duke, yeah, okay. Huntress, Batgirl, Tim Drake Robin, and Damian Wayne Robin. And they proceed to put a beat down on him which leaves him all like bloody and messy, which then he gets up fine. When I say he flashpoint Batman and catches Huntress's death arrow towards him, puts it in the chest of Tim Drake, and then is able to beat up all of them. Right. (laughs) So, okay. All of them, all of them, including Cassandra Kane, who I think is probably like the deadliest of all, all of them. Right. Right. And the Huntress, who's not afraid to use deadly force. Now, maybe you could say Psycho Pirate was somewhere there, like, influencing this, but yet Psycho Pirate then turned out to be an agent of Bruce Wayne, or, so, I, I don't know, it's just making my head hurt a little bit here, but <laughs> I, I'll buy that Flashpoint Batman, I said that word, Flashpoint, Flashpoint Batman, I'll buy, <laughs> I'm starting to have, like, a seizure from this year, right, I'll buy that Flashpoint Batman is uh, actually, I need to just like re-examine my life. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm getting, like, I'm 45 years old and, and going into this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'll buy that Flashpoint Batman. Ken is so much of a incredibly gifted fighter and athlete and phenom that at age 60 here or whatever he is is able to beat down all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them in the Batcave. But then don't tell me Catwoman can then beat him down in like f- five seconds. I mean, she, you yeah. know, like, like, so in the end, all right, we've got um, this awesome cover on 84 of Batman and Flashpoint Batman fighting. It's the battle for the soul of Gotham. They're falling off a rooftop, landing to the building. They're like, I want to read that comic. Like, that's mm-hmm. an awesome action scene. Well, the real scene doesn't take place on top of a building or falling through Gotham. It's in, like, the Wayne's living room by a fireplace. It's in mm-hmm. one room, right? And Batman, our, our Batman, Bruce Wayne, doesn't even do it. It's Catwoman, like... Trips him up, trips Flashpoint Batman with her whip. He falls down, game over. Like, come on, don't tell me those seven can't beat him, but then Catwoman can in a second. Like, Tom King has just over, over, over blown Catwoman's abilities and skills and fighting, you know, I mean. And undermined Batman. Like, Batman is completely useless in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, he could have been sitting there eating a cucumber sandwich crying for alfred going i'm I'm sure glad you kicked his butt honey yeah like so and it's even like going back to that issue it's 
after Thomas Wayne is like bloodied and bruised and they're all talking about, well, we don't have to kill him, but we could put an arrow in his spine and basically paralyze him. Yeah, we should do it. And Tim's like, no, no, we need to show mercy and grace. So I can believe at the moment that, and it's like, first Tim gets punched. Now he gets stuck with an arrow. So I can believe that Thomas catches it and stabs Tim, but there are six more of you jump on him and that yeah. one. like i can't believe you're playing that much possum to allow yourself to get bloodied and bruised to then just turn around and systematically beat all of them all in one shot and then to turn around and get get defeated by catwoman i just that makes me go you mean to tell me all the members of the bat family including orphan are less of a fighter than what catwoman is like i can believe she's fast it can jump and save herself but i don't think she's going to take down thomas wayne batman not when he wiped the whole entire floor with the bat family yeah Yeah. exactly and then like issue 84 after that right um Mm -hmm. so like the the, that issue ends again the herky-jerky here the issue ends with some weird stuff with like harvey bullock like looking in the sky with this year of the villain stuff which like Again, mm-hmm. that's there was some Luther stuff put in like the beginning. It's it's weird, but um, yeah. Again, like that issue ends, and then we go to eighty four, which is like a um, flashback of how all this happened with Flashpoint Batman. And again, this feels really rushed and like really like I need to wrap this up. But it was very confusing because you find out that Flashpoint Batman, I guess, had a partner who was Selina Kyle in his world. So, mm-hmm. but at first, I'm, like, they never really say, it just, he just keeps writing earlier for the title. Or, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, like, not even sure what the heck is going on, and I'm, like, I'm thinking that this is our Selena Kyle. Cause earlier in the earlier. run, yeah. Yeah, and then he's, like, I'm also wondering, like, well, what happened to Martha? Because she was in the coffin going to the Lazarus pit, and then he's, like, oh, yeah, I, she killed herself tonight. Like, what? Well, wait, was that after the Lazarus pit? And then she kills the other Catwoman, but then, like, all of this would have been something cool to put in all along, as if you knew that Thomas had had a relationship with Selena Kyle on his Flashpoint Earth, and then that's leading him to almost like save both of them. Like it just, I don't know. It just, it was just really weird. It's like Tom King had some good ideas, but then could never really like make it all work into a story. And then it, it seemed, it seemed weird in 84 too, that I think they, they miscolored the flash once to look like, Reverse flash because they're on the treadmill and that's where they revisit the button where he says, you know, stop being Batman, go be a, a father to your son, let Batman die with me. And you see, oh, yeah, he says, we can save you. And yeah, it's reverse yeah, flash behind him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's supposed to be the flash. So it, before the earlier, you know, it's showing uh, Eobard Thawne on the rooftop, like. This, it's so weird. It's, this is time, this is how why time travel just confuses the crap out of people. And, and it was lazy for Tom King to just write earlier on all of them. Yeah, earlier. You, they could have said earlier. They yeah, could have said lazy. Flashpoint or yeah, Flashpoint or whatever. Even put up you know whatever year that was, Flashpoint twenty eleven. Yeah, for us the reader. But this whole earlier thing, I'm like, earlier than what? Earlier than when? You never. You the only earlier I kept going so. 
You mean to tell me Selena Kyle has fallen in love with Bruce Wayne, but she's secretly working with Batman? Mm-hmm. But So then I was like, oh, so that coffin that they were dragging, did they actually bring back Martha and then Martha shoots Catwoman? Like, Yeah, that's what I thought too, yeah. So, yeah, I, I really got confused. So it almost looks like, I don't know... So it almost looks like Flashpoint ends from how we remember it. You know, he's lying there. And then Eobard from (laughs) Rebirth goes back in time, takes Thomas Wayne back to the cave or whatever to allow Barry Allen and Bruce to meet up with him and then race. Then That's how Thomas gets in our timeline, just as that Flashpoint era is going to dissolve itself he puts his mask on and says you know wayne's rise and then runs in so it got to be really weird like did reverse flash bring him back or did thomas bring him back because there was that line of like hey i got a button to go catch so 84 i was just i i read it twice today and i was like i have no idea when this (laughs) issue takes place yeah because it's weird because he at one point it's like it seems like eobod thorn brought him brought flashpoint batman to this to bruce's world but then in the other scene where you said you thought it was miscolored like thomas wayne like jumps through the barrier to get into the world mm-hmm. and then earlier they show him dead in flashpoint which again i love the flashpoint series and one of the coolest things in it is that note that um, Thomas Wayne writes to Bruce and Bruce at mm-hmm. the end, re- like the flash is like, you know, this is what happened, but I have this note from your father and Batman reads it. And Tom King just ruined all that. Like yeah. in one of the issues, they destroy the, the letter, like Eobod like rips it up. And then like whatever was in that is now like, oh yeah, but by the way, he comes back and he's a psycho who does all these horrible things because he wants Batman to retire. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it just, it seems like a weird motivation. Like, isn't there another way you could have got him to retire besides, you know, breaking him down? Like, it just, yeah. it's just weird. Yeah. And you would have thought, like, father and son both had the same idea to become a bat and avenge what had happened to one another. So you would have thought when the two of them saw, like, I don't need to be against my son. He's, he's literally doing the exact same thing I was, but is actually better for it. Like, he he handled my death better than I handled his death. Why do I need to tell him to stop? He should be telling me to stop. I've always liked the idea of the Thomas Wayne Flashpoint Batman. Uh, it's one of my favorite skins to play with in the Arkham video games. It just looks so cool with the the spiky parts of the gauntlets, and he kind of carries guns and um, has the low uh, like uh, holster straps. Just, I thought it was a really cool. And the red, the red is really oh, the, cool touch. Yeah, yeah, the red eyes and everything, and some of the variant covers are so, so beautiful with uh, Thomas Wayne Batman. And then Thomas Wayne Batman's end in 85 is horrible. Mm. He's just laying in the hospital bed and... Bane, they just let Bane walk around Arkham free to just, you know, like, break, like, what are we going to do with Thomas Wayne? Yeah, let's just get rid of him for, like, I I would have preferred to see Eobod Thorne come back and just be like, it's your time to go and just take him away. And then you're right. just like, well, what happened to him? Is he going to come back? Is he then, then just Bane breaking his back like that? That was just. Oh, that was just bad. That was just yeah. that, that was just sloppy. That was like I gotta I gotta wrap this up, and I've already used twelve pages for Bruce and Kite Man to watch a football game. So <laughs> you know, I'll just I'll just have him break. You know, 
that sold well, right? Didn't didn't have Bane's breaking someone's back be like iconic? Let's just use that again and again. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, not even happened. Like Bruce was going to do that to uh, Bane. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to kill you, but and then that's where Thomas, you know, comes in and stops the whole thing. So and uh, in Tom King's world, if you get shot in the head, it just gives you a boo boo because Nightwing <laughs> got shot in the head and he's just like, oh yeah, I forgot who I am. And Bane gets shot in the head and he's just like, yeah, I got a bandage now in Arkham. It just yeah, and and I and I don't have brain damage and I know you're Thomas Wayne. It's almost like the two had a conversation like, are you ready? And Thomas is like, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, go ahead. Like I'm that this was the plan all along. You're gonna break my back, not my son's. You know, surprise. Yeah, you know then what I hate. Get- I wish um, the the oh, trade paperbacks were like they were in the old days, where you got like a lot of behind the scenes stuff at the back and little like um, mm-hmm. like story arcs. Like we were talking to our over um, Facebook Messenger, but we were talking to our buddy Rich, and I was talking to him about the the series fifty two, not the new fifty two, but fifty two that came out before that. And if you read those trade paperbacks, like there's so much behind the scenes stuff. Um, in it and like articles and sketches and things like that that it really enhances your reading of the book so I'd love to you know hear some of Tom King's you know like explanations for some of these things or reasons but but I definitely I'm going to give him a little bit of a free pass in that I feel like DC screwed him over by Mm -hmm. ending his run short and a lot of these things he had to wrap up by issue whatever it was, 85? His 85 issue run. Because yeah. <laughs> they were like, dude, 85 issue run. It just has a ring to it. It's just like, it's it's more marketable. So, and then I wonder what will be the backlash that he'll retcon in the Batman Catwoman series. Although mm-hmm. I won't wonder for, oh, well, I should say, I guess I, what I should say is I'll wonder for a while because I will not be picking that up. So, yeah. you know, so if I were, hear good things, I'll uh, read a trade or something, but yeah. I will not be buying. I, so, how many copies do you, th- how many variant covers do you think they'll have for uh, issue one of that? I the, And the only thing that wants to pull me into it, and there's one more thing in 85 when I go back to after this part, but is they're going to bring uh, Andrea Beaumont, is that right? The Phantasm. They're going to bring that character from the animated series into the Tom King run. So that's the only thing where I'm like, all right, I went through this whole Batman run because I had like, I've come this far. I want to complete it and see where it lands. And now I kind of feel like Ryan. I read the whole thing. I, I have my thoughts on it, but I will not be going down the road of the Batman and Catwoman storyline. The only way, the only way that I will is if this 5G thing comes out and, you know, we got Luke Fox as Batman and all these other weird things. If they go, but this Batman and Catwoman stuff is the only thing from the old continuity. That might be the only thing that pulls me over there. So I hope that doesn't happen. I heard that in the 5G, they're going to redo all the heroes as new heroes. Like Batman will be Luke Fox and someone else will be Superman and someone else will be Donna Troy's Wonder Woman. But then they're going to have the original like Bruce Wayne they'll have a a series of the original Bruce Wayne original Clark Kent and those books are going to be priced at 7.99 an issue um yes that, I, I haven't heard that confirmed but I haven't heard it denied either so right. and and I try to read some of these articles like on bleeding cool and stuff and I don't know if it's just my computer but like I can't read the article I like I click on the article and so many pop-up ads and Same here. things come up that I'm like 
I can't I can't even scroll down because the computer freezes up with eighteen pop up ads for stuff like yeah ugh, you know yeah so I'm just gonna wait till it's in the previews or something like that but the only other thing I heard was that this is gonna be the pocket universe is wrong they're gonna do this five G thing to set up like these are going to be the future versions of the character and it lasts for a little time. And then we catch back up with what was currently going on while they were telling this 5g thing. Yeah. So, some of that was hinted at, um, in case like in yeah, this clock, five, 12. Yeah. yeah. In case 5g doesn't go really well, they can say, well, th- this other universe never went away. We were just telling this, but if it goes off really well, then they could, you know, do like black label, like, oh, you like Bruce Wayne as Batman? Well, we got these black label books over here for seven or eight bucks. And I know there's something else you want to talk about in 85, but um, yeah, after that, uh, real quick, Doomsday Clock, did you read issue 12? No, um, I am at issue 10, so I've got okay. two more, two more to go. I loved issue 12. The fight cool. between Dr. Manhattan and Superman, Jeff Johns is just a master like it's so sad that he wants to make movies like please don't make movies just make comic books like he i don't know if he's my favorite writer but he i think is the most talented comic book just pure comic book writer that i've ever read or seen he's just amazing and doomsday clock 12 is so good but anyway what else go ahead yeah no 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 and i've really been enjoying doomsday clock you know we were talking it was going on so long like is it ever going to come out before i die you know that type of thing but I would love to see the Dio go and Jeff Johns take over as the head of, of DC. Cause I think he's the most consistent writer. And even if there were things I was like, I don't know, he wrote Tim kind of dark here. At least the characters have all felt true. Like I loved his Aquaman. I loved his green lantern. I, I think I grew to love his Batman. At first when he wrote Batman, he kind of made Batman feel like a jerk, but over time, his time with Batman just got better and better. But um, the last couple things that I've got for the epilogue is that Gotham Girl is cured. She, a Superman, somehow creates platinum krypto- kryptonite that gives her all her powers. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot oh, yeah. about that. Oh yeah, what a all of her powers dumb thing back. That is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's not forget that she was a murderous, you know, evil superhero for a while. But now that she's cured and the poison's taken out of her, and uh, we kind of know where Batman and Catwoman. Can fit. I just say that that platinum kryptonite thing is the dumbest dumbest thing, thing. Ever because <laughs> there's no way anyone with half a brain cell would give Gotham Girl after watching all that she's done, the murders, everything, get basically hospitalizing Captain Adam. Like, oh yeah, let's make her the most powerful being on Earth. Let's make her more powerful than Superman. Now. That's only because Tom King created the character and he wants her to live on and wants to get royalty checks from the Gotham Girl (laughs) miniseries and the Gotham Girl animated show and the Gotham Girl (laughs) appearance. If Tom King had not created that character, that would not have happened. A more fitting ending would have been whatever, Palladium Kryptonite or, you know, Tin Kryptonite or whatever you want to call it, you know, Magenta Kryptonite that made you normal. That said, here, this will take away your powers. You'll live an, you'll be a normal human being. You can go live a normal life and not have like the ability to you know <laughs> destroy the city again, but get your life back. But yeah, that yeah. that was so stupid. Yeah, her fitting end should have been her using her powers one last time to try and stop. I would I would say 
Batman and Catwoman, but let's be honest, through this whole series, to stop Catwoman from winning at the end, and yeah. then she just she burns up like her brother did. That's yeah. what should have happened to this character. But anyway. Which that whole thing of like every time you use your powers, you shorten your life was a total ripoff from Spawn. Like Spawn, yeah. we didn't really talk about it, but because um Tom King borrowed a lot from a lot of other people and stories and things for like there weren't really a lot of new original ideas in this. Like City of Bane felt like, you know, the Dark Knight Rises and mm-hmm. I mean they're they're Flashpoint. There's just a lot of stuff where I'm like, didn't I read this before? Didn't I I've read this before, right? Haven't I? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. I, I know somebody weren't gonna crap on it, but I kept going, I read this before and it was better. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Uh, but the last thing is the epilogue with finding out that, you know, this, the first issue addressing that, hey, Superman has come out and said, hey, I'm really Clark Kent. And then the Joker's goons saying, well, hey, boss, there's been a rumor that you know who Batman is. Don't you think you ought to use that before Batman decides to do what Superman and the Drake have just done? They'll never, and, they'll never unlock the Drake's secret identity. That, that's, no, no, that's, that's locked solid. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but uh, oh, wait, they're on to me. They, they might figure it out. I'm gonna get a new code name. I'm now Tim T Drake. <laughs> T Drake. <laughs> yeah, throw him <laughs> off with. The- Call me Timothy. Yes. Yeah. What was it? I think it was The Simpsons or something like that. Like. Um, he was like, "Oh, let's let's do it. I don't want anyone to know your name, so I'll call you T Drake." No, no, that doesn't work. I'll call you Tim D. Something like that. Like, yeah, he, right. he used both. Right, right, that made it so obvious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm no longer T Drake. I'm now Tim D. Yeah. So the last page, I forget. I got it closed up now, but uh, like the the beginning of the end or something like that coming in 2020, and that epilogue was written by James Tynan because he is going to be the new uh, writer for. Uh, Batman. That's I can hear you taking out your bag and board. I think I'm gonna take out mine. So this may be an edit to carve out the. Uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> the, the silence here. If you hear plastic and tape in the background, that's Rob and I bagging and boarding these issues, never to be opened again. <laughs> yeah, that, right. Th- this will be the cold opening of the show. Ready? Yeah. Na 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 na. And then na na na. Hey hey hey. <laughs> Goodbye, Tom King. Okay. Yeah. So- the, the next time, says, this, yeah, the, the next uh, time these issues will be opened and read is what, after our widows sell them on eBay. <laughs> like my husband bought ninety eight of these yeah. things. So uh, the why, last why, line here. Why does this one say Batman seventy five? But then this one also says Batman seventy five. But there's two different covers. He didn't. That's just the same thing inside, just with a. Different, <laughs> he paid three ninety nine just for this. Different picture on the outside. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. this one is four ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was it'll just be, wondering how on our front on our front lawn at a garage sale the day after yeah. our funeral. Yeah, right. These will be how much for pro- how much for these comics? Um, if you can get them out of here, they're yours free. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, by by the way, we didn't have the thing that holds up the casket. We just propped all of these issues up to hold the casket up. Those <laughs> yeah. are all those are all variant covers that this moron here in this casket bought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, oh, nobody's gonna listen yeah. to the show. <laughs> I, I'll be cre- I'll be cremated, so they'll just use them for the, <laughs> the fire. <laughs> right. yeah. Stoke him. He's not done yet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I thought this was a little ending, uh, a little ending. This was odd. Like, this is the the sale for uh, James Tynan's run, where the Joker's on the last page. It says, that sounds like a hell of a a lot of fun or something like that. Um, 
about, you know, you, you, if you know the secret, this is, this might be the time to do it. So I'm, I'm excited looking forward to Tynan's run on Batman and seeing what he's planning on doing. Um, I've really liked what he did in detective comics. And now that rebirth, I guess is officially done with the Tom King run. I still think, and it not just because this is the Tim Drake podcast. And I like all things, Tim Drake. There's still things that I didn't even in this series, but I think the detective comics run felt more like Batman and the better use of the Batman family than in um, the Batman book. I know there's a lot of people that really enjoyed the Tom King run, and I'm not saying because Terrence and I are poo-pooing a lot of these issues. There were still moments where I was like, that was really good. And you said something earlier I kind of want to end with, that it felt rushed, that now hindsight is twenty twenty. If I had my sit-down with Tom King interview, I would have gone, take out all of these issues of these dream sequences and things like that, that you could have really stuck a very satisfying ending going, well, now we're going to shut you off at 85 to do this next thing. And now you've only got a handful of issues. I'm like, you spent so much in the back half of the story spinning your wheels that now you've got to really speed up this ending that, and I think I said before, you cut down these 85 and half. I think you would have had a really good, like 40 issue run that was really solid and really meaty that you, whether you liked it or not, you could have said, man, I, this, this felt like a really concise story. It felt like at 85 issues that you and I are still trying to fish going, well, what was he doing? Yeah, it was very confusing, but, um, you know, anything he did, that you don't like, like if the whole thing of Bruce wanting to kill himself the night of his parents' murder and Alfred just standing there watching him wondering, <laughs> you know, in the back, oh, gee, look at that, little Bruce has got a knife. Um, <laughs> all that stuff, it can be retconned so easily. I mean, think yeah. about Grant Morrison's run ended with Batman Incorporated, and it's like everyone just acts like that never happened. Like, don't you remember Bruce at the podium? Batman Incorporated made the big announcement. Batman in Japan? Nah, nah just, nah, just nothing. Just don't look, look, don't look over there. Look over and here. I, so I'm not, uh, I'm not stressing like Batman no. ruined forever. And the, no, and I'm also I've read a lot of stuff and seen things where people are all like, oh, this is part of like the Me Too movement, and they're emasculating Batman. And also, I, I don't, I, think know, that I didn't either. get that. I, no. It's just you know. He, he, Tom King likes Catwoman and he wants to make her cool as, you know, like is what I got, you know, so I didn't buy into any yeah. of that stuff either. So it just yeah. wasn't my cup of tea. I, I think part of the problem too is the James Tinian run was going on for a lot of it. And that was so good that mm -hmm. it kind of, I don't know, paled in comparison for me. And if nothing else, my, the, one of the last takeaways I have from this, cause we're just about to a, an hour and a half here is that I think I finally hit my stride in comic books that when I'm starting to not like something, I, I, I buy two I, of them. <laughs> I, buy, I buy two of them. Yeah. Um, that it, it's okay to drop off and I don't need to, you know, hop on Twitter and go, this is the worst. This is an abomination. I've never thought like this ruined my Batman childhood. Cause I went through and I read all these issues and I don't, I don't regret buying any of the issues, but it makes me go at a certain point when I stopped reading, that probably could have been the time where I said, eh, okay, I can check it out and just enjoy something that I really 
uh, wanted to read. So I think that was my biggest takeaway uh, from it. Um, if you like the Tom King run, by all means, you know, it'll be now collected. It'll be in trades. You've got all these issues to revisit. Uh, there were some cool moments, but I, we don't ever really letter grade. This is probably going to sound bad, but I think it's at a C for me the whole way through. It's it's not the worst thing that I've read, but there was there was enough good things that it didn't pull it down to a D or an F, but I was just like, eh, I was okay with it. By the time it's done, I was like, all right, that's the story you wanted to tell. But I don't know if you wanted to letter grade it at all, but I think I'm just kind of at a at a C. Kind of like you said with the last or with uh, Rise of Skywalker, you were meh. Like it it started out strong and it ended weak, in my opinion. I would give it an A plus in the artwork. Like yes. if you don't read the issues but just flip through them and look at the pictures, the artwork is amazing. The artwork is beautiful. Um, yeah, Cat Tony Woman Daniels really better. delivered it. Yeah, yeah, just phenomenal. Even some things of just like the Tom Selleck impersonation on the beach and stuff, like the sunset. <laughs> I'm just flipping through uh, 79 right now with Magpie and stuff. It's phenomenal. Story wise, yeah, I'd probably put it as a C. That there was a lot of really, a lot of really good ideas that just didn't quite work, and there was a sort of lack of. Lack of clarity at times that, like, sometimes it's okay to have a lack of clarity if you have that big aha moment, you know. But mm-hmm. when it's lack of clarity because you just think the writing's muddled and it doesn't make sense, and then you have to have an issue um, to explain everything that happened in the previous 12 issues, I like to that's not good writing. <laughs> that's 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 like, I gotta, no one understands this, I gotta make sense of it. Um, and I still don't. I don't know. I still city of Bane. It just does. It didn't feel like a Bane story, you know, like, no. Yeah. This was a city of, this was a city of Wayne. Yeah. Thomas Wayne was the architect of all of it. I think that's another one of those bait and switches like, Oh, it's Batman and Bane again. And from now that we've read the whole thing, it's like Bane was, Bane was just the puppet, like the acetate cover, you know, you're seeing Bane running and really seeing that it's Thomas Wayne pulling all the strings, but I guess at the end, Bane did get the final say with Thomas Wayne. But so I, th- I think that's, this is probably a good stopping point. If, if you've lasted this show and we said, we're not going to crap all over this. Yeah. We, we kind of did, but you know, it's, I'm at least glad that he got to finish the run where he wanted to. And if you want to see where it's going to go before, there's going to be a Batman and Catwoman series coming out. Hopefully, um, um, hopefully Ryan can send in a little audio clip of him going, yeah, I liked it. It was really good. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then 90 minutes of us crapping on it. Well, this has been a really cool conversation. Hopefully you guys out there have liked it. This is a nice little buffer before we get into back into the Robin books. Like I said, Contagion is the next big thing coming up. So still trying to figure out how how we're going to do that. If we'll do it in like, all right, I'll read a whole bunch of, you know, here's the stuff that was going on as contagion was starting. And, Oh, here's Robin issue 25. And we talk about that, then go through. So we'll figure that out. Are we avoiding contagion by doing these? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's a monumental undertaking. And I'm kind of like, I don't want to like, well, crapped on Tom King. Let's crap on our own podcast. I don't want to like, like, I guess I'm going to say it. I'm almost like 
not looking forward to Contagion because if you remember when we interviewed Chuck Dixon, he he kind of crapped on Contagion himself. Yeah. There's a, like a you, you got to find that audio somewhere for it. Where it's like, yeah, we did the storyline where Batman was fighting a, a germ. I thought that was stupid or, or something like that. <laughs> so so I'm always thinking like, wow, Chuck Dixon didn't even like this, and he wrote half of it. <laughs> he wrote half of it, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of want to we'll kind of go back through it, and we'll maybe we'll come out of it just like we did this one and go. Yeah, Chuck Dixon was right. Yeah. So, well, this is where we're going to end this episode. So, on the behalf of Terrence, this is Rob. You've been listening to the BatmanUniverse.net. And more importantly, you've been listening to Robin. Everyone loves a drink. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. This show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguins lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at RobinELTDPodcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the BatmanUniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media. Also, over at our host, TBU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.